Nick, have you heard? Heard what? The Bishop and the Gator are in stores. Oh, I did hear that. Brick and mortars, baby. Yeah, they're available right now at Riverman Cigar Company and Lit Cigars, The Smoke Pit, Man Cave Cigars, Smokers Alibi, and our friends over at Max Smoke Shop. Way cool. You need to go to those stores and you need to get yourself a Bishop or a Gator. They're fantastic cigars. Why not both? Should be both. I'm saying. You can also get them at MartinaCigars.com. Check them out today. Due to court order, the Cigar Pulpit is obligated to give time to the Church of the Holy Perdomo. Here now, with his Easter sermon, is Pastor Barnaby Rothschild. Hello, my brothers and sisters in smoke, and welcome to a joyous Easter sermon from the Church of the Holy Perdomo. Today I will be telling you a joyous story. It's a beautiful one of hope and redemption that will make your heart lift up. This is the story of Easter. Now, folks, I am making a perhaps broad assessment that perhaps you are familiar with the story of Issa as it is already. But there are aspects of it that I don't believe have been fully fleshed out and in some cases may be mistranslated. To start with, Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is typically the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem, but today I would like to tell you Palm Sunday should really be known as Tobacco Sunday, as the people waved tobacco leaves at Jesus as he arrived in Jerusalem, and not palms. Now, in many churches, those palms are then burnt and the ashes are used the following year for Ash Wednesday services. We here at the Church of the Holy Perdomo, we save our ashes from our cigars all year long. And we use those cigar ashes to make the mark of the Holy Cross on Ash Wednesday. Now, upon arriving in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. While the money changers and those selling doves had offended him greatly, what really set him off was the man who was selling fake Cubans and Gurkhas. For nothing is an affront to God more than a man selling fake Cubans or Gurkhas inside of a holy temple. Now, while all this was taking place, what Jesus did not know was that Judas, one of his acolytes, was working to betray him. You see, Judas was the type of friend who would take a really expensive cigar from the humidor and only smoke about two inches of it or so before abandoning it in an ashtray. So, at the hearse with the disciples, Jesus would give Judas a budget cigar. Because, why would you give him a good cigar if he's just going to waste it? However, this offended Judas, and so he began to plot against him. Moving forward in the week, the Last Supper is described in the Bible in great detail. But they left out the fact that a mighty hearth took place following it. Many, many fine cigars were smoked that night. And following the last hearth, Jesus went off to pray and fire up a toro in the garden. As he was there, enjoying his cigar, Judas and the soldiers came for him, and he was betrayed. Jesus was tortured and crucified. It is a particularly brutal way to die. Most especially painful for Jesus was having the Roman soldiers walk up upon him, smoking cigars from his holy humidor. 
It truly was an affront to all he stood for. Following Jesus' death, his body and what was left of his cigars were laid in a tomb, and a large rock was placed over the doorway. Now Mary had gone to see the tomb and get cigars from the Holy Humidor. When she arrived at the tomb, she found that the rock had been pushed aside and that Jesus' body was missing. She went to check his humidor and had to open it, for it had no glass on top and she could not see in. And when she opened it, what she saw shook her to her core. It was empty, except for a single piece of cellophane. She said, where is Jesus' holy perdomos? And she ran to go get some of Jesus' apostles. Later, they ran back and opened the humidor themselves. They saw only the cellophane, and they said, Where is our Lord and Savior's holy cigars? Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord's cigars away, she said, and I don't know where they have put them. He worked hard to cultivate that collection of fine tobacco. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? What is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said to him, Sir, If you have carried his cigars away, please tell me where you have put them, and I will get them. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Ravini, which means teacher. He held out his hand, and glowing with the power of God himself, was the ultimate cigar, made only from the best leaves ever cultivated. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and he wishes to herf. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Thank you, my brothers and sisters in smoke, and I wish upon you a wonderful Easter. Spend it with your family. Eat lots of ham. Don't let those Easter bunnies poop too many chocolate eggs for you to eat because they will give you tummy aches. And in honor of Easter, and the massive sacrifice Jesus made for you and for me, light up a cigar and enjoy it fully. Happy Easter. God bless. Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and with me, as always, it's your man, Gator. And who do we have with us today, Gator? We have one of my best friends in the entire world. His name is David. Hi, Dave. Hey, yeah, let's not give me too much credit here. I, I I have been instructed by his wife that I cannot use his last name on the show. What else were you instructed not to do? Do anything that would keep him from gaining future employment. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, there, there are many, many, many stories I can share of, of said gator. 
Now, let well, me we're going to get into that. Let me just say, if anybody wants to figure out who David is, just think of someone powers. Anyway. <laughs> I don't. You're breathing awful heavy in the microphone there. That primatine mist. Not I'm, not even, I'm not even breathing. <laughs> you were. Yeah, Dave, I, I bought a primatine mist today because Nick always picks on me for he breathing got, he too got heavy in the microphone. He got self-conscious about the start of the uh, uh, last episode and, uh, you know, went and got himself a primatine mist thinking it was maybe asthma, but it's not. It's <laughs> just, just fat. It's just fat. <laughs> just being fat. <laughs> anyway. Well, now I'm staring at the satellites over Dave's house. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to be smoking a cigar that Dave picked out. We're going to be smoking the Arturo Fuente Rosado Sun Grown 858. And it features a Colorado Ecuadorian Sun Grown wrapper, a Dominican Republic binder and filler. And it's a 6x47. Okay, then. There we go. Nice choice, Dave. I have. I can be- never go wrong with these. I believe it might be the first Fuente that we've smoked on the show. I actually think it is. Yep. I believe How it to be. How you guys have a cigar show and not smoke a Fuentes? You know, it, it, we, what we do in most times is we do reviews of cigars. And not that it's not a good cigar, but I think everybody, most people that smoke know the Fuente brand. So we yep. haven't taken the time to uh, do a review on one. And I think we've been remiss, and you uh, have helped us correct that. Well, the whole the fact that it's the uh, what is it the Rosada Sun Grove? I mean, these are limited quantities, and it's just yeah, a, a good mild <laughs> yeah, cigar with flavor, which made it very hard for Nick to find. I was which like, I, which yeah. I love that you did that. I was to like, me. yeah, I know. I said, leave it to your friend to go and find like a limited edition, hard to find Fuente. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we got the cigar chateau here in Wichita, and they've got them for sale right now. Um, there you go. See, That's a plug for the store. Sorry about that. Oh no, absolutely. Plug away. Yep. So well, I paid my cigar, and I'm still plugging them. Well, speaking <laughs> speaking of speaking of plugging cigar shops, why don't we go ahead and cut the cigar? Oh my God, who's it brought to? And us the by? official cutting is brought to us by Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. Our man Dan over there at Riverman, he's got a whole bunch of Fuentes, whole bunch of them. He does. Like right when you walk in the walk-in humidor, all you see Fuente. Fuentes, Fuente for Fuente. miles and days. You know, if you turn to the left. Yeah. You see Perdomo. You do. If and you, if you're looking at Perdomo and you turn to the left, you see you're Aladino. You'll be looking at Aladino, exactly. Yep. I mean, it's just cigars all over the place. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's a cigar store, so you would hope for that. You would hope that. I got to tell you, the Perdomo, the, uh, that was my uh, second choice for tonight. So, Well, there you go. All right. Well, well, we'll have to have you back on for that. Let's do it. Depending right. on how you know this goes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, when you're in the St. Louis area and you want a wonderful selection of cigars and an awesome 1,500-square-foot covered patio to sit outside and enjoy them on, swing on over to Riverman Cigar Company in Crestwood, Missouri. And if you're not in the St. Louis area and you want to support a brick-and-mortar shop, Dan does mail order. So just give him a call, and he can put together a nice box and get that sent to you the next day. Darn right. Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. And with that, it's time that we go ahead and cut the cigar giddy up now i've already cut and lighting i know that's okay <laughs> well you gotta wait and do the uh cold draw and cold retro hail with us yeah i wasn't told the rules yeah no, actually you were today you sack that was that was jeff's job and uh <laughs> no i did tell him the rules ask ask him <laughs> did he tell you the rules dave and he did so. <laughs> 
He just didn't care. Love it. I, I have not, but I have not let yet. But Dave, okay, let me ask you this. Did he tell you the rules on a phone call when like four other people were on the line with you and you couldn't <laughs> tell what conversation you were involved in? Those are most conversations with Jeff. I know. But yeah, so we're going to blame it on that. That's the thing. I, Dave and I have spoken together before. Yeah. And, Although you've never but it, met. But it's always been on the party line, as I call it, because what Jeff likes to do is when he's on the phone with me, he'll like get me talking about something, and then he'll quietly slip away from the call, call somebody else, and then patch him in. And next thing I know, I've got three people on the line. And What's it, the most we've ever got to before you hung up? Like six? Yeah. <laughs> and nobody knows who's there. And- yeah. And nobody wants to say anything because they don't know who else is on the line. <laughs> oh, oh, don't worry. Je- Jeff is, or, or puts me on speakers. I'm mid-rant before. He's done that before, uh-huh. too. Yeah. And he lets the expletives fly. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. No, Jeff is. Nick gets Nick gets cuss shamed by uh, Addy all the time, Dave, so don't feel bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll be just ranting away on something and I'll drop an F-bomb and next thing I know I'm hearing Addy in the background yelling at me and I'm like Jeff you know I'm going to swear why are you putting me on speaker daughter in the room you should know better yes that's what I'm saying you know All so, right. so yeah so let's get to the cigars because I'm just waiting with bated breath to just kick back and listen to Dave just <laughs> unload a bunch of, you know, hidden treasures of Gator's past here. Yeah, I think this is where this may be headed. <laughs> so, you know, told that I got to do this, the only person who was sad was my therapist because <laughs> I may not have to see her anymore. I get it all. <laughs> yes, right now. We're going to get everything, a lot of issues out of the way right here. Yeah, everything that Jeff has done. Now, now here's a true story. So my wife and I actually sat down and were thinking of some of the stories. And like every one of them, she's like, oh, eh, we can't say that one. (laughs) (laughs) And those are the stories my wife knows about, just to tell you something. Oh, yeah. That does explain a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you guys getting on the uh, cold draw on the cigar? Um, Maybe a little sweetness. I'm getting a cinnamon. Okay. How about you, Dave? You kind of like a chocolatey, chocolatey cold draw. Okay. You got a good sweet flavor. I'm going to go with Nick on that kind mm-hmm. of the sweet flavor. Okay. I don't know. I'm getting cinnamon. Sweet, sweetness with a little bit of hay. Cinnamon? I'm Weirdo. getting cinnamon. Yeah. Yeah. That might just be the tumor I have, but I'm I was getting... going to say it's the tumor. <laughs> yeah. Or, okay. Or okay. The nose spray. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was it's my private primatine mist, of course. <laughs> so, Dave. Now we do a thing called the cold retro hail. Nick is thing. not a fan. But what you do, breathe in the cigar like you're going to do a cold draw, but then push it out through your nasal passages. And why do we do this? It, because sometimes Jeff's you can a moron. pick up. <laughs> people have backed me up on this, and big cigar-named people have backed me up on this. Um, your olfactory <laughs> senses can pick up sometimes different flavor notes or enhanced flavor notes of what you got on the uh, cold draw. That's why I do that. I'm saying I'm saying dentine gum. I don't know why I'm so far off from you guys. That's weird. Like the dentine gum cinnamon flavor. I just lit up. He did. He's t- <laughs> he's tired of my ignorance. Yeah. I'm like I'm I'm over this. I'm I'm lighting up. So okay. So Dave, I assume are you lighting your cigar? There? He is. Okay. 
I can wait until everybody's lit up. So, Dave, how old were we when we met? I was going to start with a question. Okay, I'll let meeting. you start. So, no, that works out well. I, w- I was, I was going to get into, so how did you two meet? So, you know, that works out. Same question, phrased differently. I think I lost a bet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened to Nick. God, what, what, what? No, we were what? And just a couple years older than me, but what? Me too. 14, 15. I mean, it was young. <laughs> yeah. We, we had mutual friends. Uh, our friend Mark, I think, is the one that put us together. And then our friend Phil was part of the group. And we had some other, like, ancillary friends kind of, um, I guess, in orbit around the friendship or kind of intersected here and there. Danny, uh, for one. Um, uh, Darren. I don't know if you remember Darren. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it, it was a bunch of people from Dave's hometown of Marissa, Illinois. And we we became friends through our mutual friend, uh, Mark, who uh, went to church camp with me. And that's how we got to know each other. And I went to school with Mark, and we ended up going to a lot of concerts together and just... A lot of mayhem. And, no, here's the story. So, like, shortly after I meet, you know, Jeff would, like, show up at my house. Now, Nick, my dad is a good pastor, okay? Okay. He's a PK. He's a preacher's kid. Yep. I have okay. a pre- Jeff would show up at my house at 3 a.m., and my dad would... <laughs> Dave, Dave, uh, uh, Jeff, going to stay tonight and and like ask what he wants for breakfast. He had this uncanny way of making my parents believe he was this good influence on me somehow. <laughs> oh they my. were so wrong. They were yeah. wrong. Just <laughs> incredibly wrong. I don't know. You, you know, I mean, we did a lot of Jeff. How did you get stuff? to his house at three a.m.? Drove. I was a couple of years older, so when uh, he was fourteen, I was sixteen. <laughs> and had a car. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I had the white Mustang back in the day, man. I was rocking it. Oh, my God. That was a, yeah. that was a good car. <laughs> hey, yeah. So that's something that we do need to touch on. And uh, I'm going to deviate for just a split second here. And then we can get back to, like, you know, early days here. But the Mustard Mobile? No, that wasn't a Dave. Dave was not in on that. Oh, Dave wasn't yep, in on so that. So we'll have to cut that. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's well, that's for another group of friends. Well, no. Uh, okay. That was for my Trico friends. <laughs> okay. No, that's fine. We can We can circle back to that later. So, yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're talking about cars. We can talk about. So, yeah, Jeff had a Mustang. And, <laughs> oh, this is after I moved to Pennsylvania. And he came out to visit me. And I, oh, uh, no. I yes. forgot about this. <laughs> okay. And a buddy, my matter of fact, the, the brother, my uh, uh, serious girlfriend at, at the time, <laughs> and he, you know, gets to know Jeff. And just thinks Jeff is the coolest guy in the world, and just becomes Jeff's best bud. Okay, tell you it, about him throwing on people. It was but, a a heterosexual love affair with me. I think <laughs> is a good way to put it. Okay, I mean, so, is that am I over am I overstating that? No, Dave? It was it was you know uh, he he looked up to us and, and we did we did crazy goofy stuff together. Yep. We could we, we made could things do- happen. So so Jeff tells me he's come out to visit me again. I'm skipping ahead here a little bit. I'm in Pennsylvania now, so I'm 17 at this point. He comes out to visit. He has just gotten, like, what were we doing, like 200 into 30? I mean, some crazy okay. speeding so, ticket. So I got caught by a state cop on Route 127 north between Nashville, Illinois, and Pinckneyville, Illinois. I know exactly where you're at. I was doing 96 in a 55. Whoa! I was trying to get home to go goose hunting. It was like six o'clock in the morning and i topped the crest of this little hill and i see that state cop and i just pulled over and waited for him to catch up because you just knew yeah i knew yeah 
So, so this was not a ticket. This was a you must come to court. Yeah, I had to appear. Yeah, had to appear. You were going like forty-one. He told over. me, and I didn't know this. If I'd been going four miles an hour faster, a hundred and over is considered a suicide attempt, and oh. they would have had to take me into custody. Whoa! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> okay, that little and blue no- Mustang would fly though. Yeah. So, so let me go back to our buddy. It was John. white. Okay, my first Mustang was white. I bought the blue one. That's the one he's talking about. Here. Okay. The the white one had a four cylinder and couldn't get me into much trouble. The blue one had a three hundred two high output V eight. Okay. And it if it had wings, it would have flown. <laughs> and he, he kept it for about eight months. So, but anyway, so I. What'd so you, why'd you get rid of it? Oh no no no! Oh. I kept it. I kept it. I kept it till the wheels came off. Literally. Okay. Yeah, Over. literally. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll circle back to that then. Okay. So, okay, Dave, let's continue with the story here. Yeah, I got to tell you the speeding ticket story. So, Jeff is of age, but still living at home. He he actually is a very respectful son to his mom and dad. And he's like, oh, my God, mom, you know, finds out that this cannot. Well, my buddy Justin finds out about it. Because well, I'm, be- I'm, I'm talking about it openly in uh, Pennsylvania when I'm out there visiting Dave uh-huh. because I timed this trip out on purpose. So the day I get back, the next day I go to court. court. So mom won't be suspicious well, when I get up early because I'm not going to be there. I'm staying the night. You know, it, with with our mutual friend uh, Phil that went, yeah. So that way, I can just go straight to court, do that, come home. Mom's no done the wiser. Bing, bang, Easy, boom. Peasy. Mom, if Jeff was getting up early and putting on a tie, <laughs> uh huh, exactly. Yeah, so, so again, this is before, don't I know it? Yeah. So you know, we're not able to text or whatever. Justin calls Jeff's house like two, three days after the trial. No, 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 Jeff's- no. Called the day of. <laughs> he called the day after I w- went home because I went to court, did my thing. You know, the judge laughed at me asking for court supervision. I drive home, and the first question my mom says is, how'd court go? Oh, God. Yeah, uh, d- d- does not ask about his trip to Pennsylvania. Does not ask about me. But <laughs> just Straight to court. Mm-hmm. Because my buddy Justin called, and... You know, Jeff's mom answered, and she's like, well, how do you know Jeff? Oh, I, I'm a friend of David's. They were out here. I just wanted to know how his court date went, and if oh he ended up having to go to jail or not. God. <laughs> so, so she all just plan, boned all me. Plan, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. a royal boning. So flash forward a couple of years later. I go out there with uh, uh, Dave and, and my ex, my first ex-wife. We go out to see Dave, and we run to, was it a Ponderosa, Dave? Yes. Yes. So we go to a Ponderosa where Justin is working. He's a waiter. Yes. And we we walk (laughs) in, and Dave, take it it away. I I have not given any warning, so Justin does not know that Jeff's coming to town. We walk into Ponderosa. Justin looks up. He is like picking up two plates. He's busting someone's table. Again, these are people sitting at the restaurant eating. Justin has the plates midway in here, getting ready to put them on the tray. Sees Jeff and goes, Jeffer! Drops the plate. So spaghetti like flies up on these people who are sitting there. 
Hold on, it gets better. It gets better. So after the people are picking their spaghetti up off of their blouses, off of their shirts, Justin runs, leaps, monkey jumps, Jeff. Monkey jumps him right there in the restaurant. Wraps so, around me with his arms and legs. So, yeah, wife number one and I look at each other and we just leave. Wow. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's how that went down. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I have, you, I have an effect on people. You know, you know what you should have said to Justin at this point was, "Dude, I just got out of prison, and that's an that that's considered an attack where I'm from. So, <laughs> exactly. like, you need to watch your ass, you know." Oh no, no, no. Ju- Justin is—he was a super cool kid. He hung out. Yep. We, we had um, we did goofy stuff together, but yeah, he got very excited. <laughs> very. All right. He then. was very happy. Yeah, it was happy. So yeah. Now, you know, we were talking about the cars and a story that I remember. Yeah. A story that I remember is Dave and I were coming back from Carbondale one night. And Nick knows because he went to school down at Carbondale. So he knows. Well, we're driving back and I'm on this little like country road in between Carbondale and the farm. And we're headed back up to the farm. Dave makes the mistake of falling asleep. Mm, Yeah. That's problematic. Yeah. Yeah. So... I get to what Dave refers to as dead man's curve. <laughs> oh, no. And the way you have to visualize this. So the, it curves, but off of the curve is a straight road that goes to a cemetery. Oh, God. But you can't see it <laughs> yeah. because of the way the, the bank of, of the curve. Yeah. So I get oh, maybe 20 yards from the bank of the curve going about 60 miles an hour. And I just scream at the top of my lungs. And we are airborne. Dave wakes oh, up, no. looks up, and sees us leaving the road. Oh, no. <laughs> it was a real dick move. <laughs> yes. This is the trauma I grew up with. This was my best friend. Does that tell you something? <laughs> it tells me you're a sadomasochist is what it tells me. <laughs> he is a glutton. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you remember the time? That I convinced you that uh, our our mutual friend, well, it was my friend, Susan. You really didn't know her. But <laughs> oh, I, my God. I convinced Dave that our mutual friend, Susan, was in love no, with No, whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop, 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 stop. You say mutual friend. I met the girl once, maybe twice. <laughs> exactly. So, so and it was acquaintance of Dave's. It, she was a good friend of mine. We went to church together and stuff. I convinced Dave that she has fallen madly in love with him. And he's like, you know, she's really nice and all, but I, you know, like I'm, I'm, you know, it's, you know, whatever. And he, he's like all freaked out about it. And I said, well, Dave, you're going to have to calm and let her down easy, man. I said, she's really wrapped up in you. So oh my. I let this linger for, it was probably a good month or so. Oh my gosh. And oh yeah. Yeah. And then, Dave finally, just out of the blue, did you write her a letter or did you call her? I No, I wrote her a letter. That's what you did back yes. then. Yes. Oh, my God. This nice, heartfelt letter. Like, you know, it, it was so nice meeting you. I think you're beautiful. It's you a- you know, just this, but I, I don't know you. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it gets better. Wait till you hear what this mofo did to me because of this. So Susan comes to church the next Sunday and she's like, Jeff, do you know anything about this? And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> She's like, why would you do that? So at that point, her brother, her older brother, who's a year older than me, yeah, gets in on the act. So we show up at Dave's house one night. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, you were at church, you know, being a preacher's kid. Christmas Eve. Yes. <laughs> 
Not just any night. <laughs> Jeff and Susan's brother show up to my house Christmas Eve. <laughs> Her brother Brent is wearing his, like, uh, uh, for a Fatigued. few dollars more. Yeah. He's got his fatigue pants on and then, like, his poncho from a few dollars more. Oh, my. Looks pretty badass. Yeah. Well, we're just standing in Dave's room waiting for him. <laughs> and he, his parents don't tell him we're coming because they think it's a surprise for him oh, that no. we're there. <laughs> so they're playing along. Dave comes yeah. walking down the hall. What were you whistling? I was like singing Here Comes Santa Claus or something yes. like that. Oh, no. Seriously, something crazy because, again, it's Christmas Eve. Church is over. We're going to open presents. We're going to have, you know, a big meal. No. Kicks Just open there. the door to his room and finds me and Brent standing there. And Brent looks at me and goes, I'm Susan's brother, Brent. I thought he was going to shit himself. <laughs> Yeah, no, and the, yeah, and then Brent goes on to say, "Yeah, you broke my sister's heart, mm-hmm. and and we need to discuss this or something like that." Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> I was not really a good friend. <laughs> oh, <laughs> trust me, I'm very well aware. This. Oh yeah, yeah. Nick feels your pain. Oh my god, Dave! How many times have you heard him piss on a flat rock? I don't know if I ever did that around well, Dave. So I have this tendency when Nick and I are traveling somewhere, I won't pull off and go to a restroom. I'll just pull the car to the side of the road and pee on the road. And just pee on the road. And then I have to listen to the pee hit the road. <laughs> Why? There was one time we we're driving up Route 4, and which country highway, and um, it's like 4.30 in the morning, so it's dark. There's no other cars around. He literally stops the car in the lane. Not Doesn't pull over. Nothing. <laughs> Just stop. Doesn't go to the shoulder? Doesn't go to the shoulder at all. Just stops the car in the middle of the road and just gets out and starts peeing in the opposite lane. <laughs> and I didn't know you very well at this point. This is pretty early this in, been a clue. in you and I hanging out. And I'm just like, I can hear you peeing. And you're just out there cackling. Just like that. <laughs> oh, my God. And unfortunately, that was the first time. I told him that... And and by the time it happened the third time, I told him, I told him that if I can fill up one hand by counting how many times I've heard it, that the minute I hear it a sixth time is the time I'm going to kick him in the ass. He hasn't done it yet. It's coming. It's, it's coming. coming. No, it's because coming. I've, I've, I've surpassed that, you that hand count. You have unfortunately surpassed Nick, that. I, I will drive to Southern Illinois and join you, Nick. Okay. Okay. Just be a beat down. Just do it. It sounds like you owe him more than a few. Yeah, yeah, he well, actually were, does. <laughs> now there were a couple of times that yeah, you know, I was able to to get him. Where so when I meet uh, wife number two, we uh, pull up to uh, to uh, her folks' house, and as we get out of the car, Jeff says, "David, don't listen. You know her dad is a staunch oh, you Democrat mean, you liberal. Mean, you mean Kristen? Jeff's yeah, okay. Jeff's wife number two. Yeah, wife number okay, two. Yeah. She, yeah, lovely lady, but her uh, her uh, her so parents. Dave so tends to be a little conservative, mm-hmm. which you little, know, yeah. You're among so, good company here, but yeah. Okay, appreciate that. So her her dad, I think Mitch is his name. Yes, and I never met the man, and we're going. So Jeff thinks it's a good idea to take me there for some reason. I, I yeah, I still I question that to this day because I know. as we get out of the car, now this is right after nine eleven. As we get out of the car, Jeff tells me, please, David, you know, Mitch is a, a staunch Democrat. He's liberal. Big, big union guy. 
Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're getting along great. Just please don't. And as he's saying these words, he's going, oh, shit. Why am I telling him this? Yeah. Well, yeah. Because, like, I Jeff, loaded the gun. Well, Jeff, I immediately owed, walk in. He yeah. owed you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it still does. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I immediately walk in, shake the man's hand. I say, you know, thank God for the Patriot Act. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Somewhat set the tone for the evening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was all over but the crying at that point. But Yeah, that was that was brutal. <laughs> now I will say so flash flash it. forward, Kristen and I are gonna get married. We're getting married down on the beach in Florida. And Dave, bless his heart, has agreed to fly down, be the best man for the wedding. So he comes down. And I pick him up at the airport, and then I'll let you take it over from there, Dave. Well, okay, so the first night, well, first of all, I've convinced him that our buddy Justin has shown up. He did, actually. <laughs> I had him be convinced. And I love Justin, but there was no room to great. accommodate Justin. Yeah, yeah. yeah th- this is a very small wedding, like family and me for some reason, <laughs> basically. <clears throat> so... Yeah, it's just a real small thing. So I've got him convinced of that. I think even your mom got on the phone and said, David, we just don't have room. I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, so like then we I didn't know back. where. Like he was going to have to sleep with my parents. It was the Yeah. Because so, I'm like, he's not coming on the honeymoon. Uh. Yeah, so, so, so I finally gave it up that, that no, he, he's not there. I'm just screwing with you. Yeah. But yeah, so we uh, get there, and like the next day, Jeff realizes I've got a lot to do. Yep. I end up babysitting his parents. Which was gold. Was absolute gold. If you knew his parents, like, they're the ones traveling. We're at the hotel. Like, they're opening up their bags and and putting in all the extra, you know, muffins and everything from the buffet. Yeah. So, Dave is driving a Chevrolet. Okay. It's like an HHR or something. I I, I got a rental car. It's not like you get Yeah, he was driving a rental car. So he, my dad proceeds for the next three and a half, four hours that Dave is driving them around to tell him why, why Fords are better than Chevrolet. That's all I hear. That's all I hear. Like the man almost refused to let me drive him around. Yeah. Did dad was dad did not like Chevrolet. No. Yeah. No. No, now, now was not you know, thing. Jeff's daughter is with us, Hannah, and she's just laughing. She thinks it's the funniest yeah, thing. Yeah, Hannah would have been, I, what, 14, 15, somewhere in there, yeah. and she's just giggling. Just thinks yeah, it's hilarious. I, I, I look back at her. I'm looking back at her for, like, reinforcement. She's like, nope. No. <laughs> that sounds like a Jeff daughter. Yeah. Just hung Uncle yeah. Dave out yeah. to dry. <laughs> yeah, she did. She did. And I took the girl to the beach and everything. No, I get it. That yeah. sounds like a Jeff daughter. Yeah. You can be nice as hell to him, but, you know. I will say, though, they're all Jeff's. I will say, though, Hannah was much more meek and mild. Addie's just, you know, hell on wheels. Now, Dave hasn't seen Addie for a couple of years. No, I have not. Yeah, she's she's wild as a deer. The egg bird is strong with her. (laughs) (laughs) I always tell Kristen, no matter what happens in life, I'll always haunt you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's that's we did have wedding at, at the rehearsal dinner i i, I did you know uh, shoot down Kristen's. oh sister. my god oh my god this was the funniest <laughs> damn thing ever what did you do so okay did you convince him another woman was into him no but no. 
But I'll tell you what, Dave was Dave was quick on his feet on this one. So Kristen's sister Allie comes over to meet Dave. First I think the first time maybe you guys had met. And she's talking to him and you know, just making and small no averages. Yeah, yeah, making small talk and whatnot. And then she says, Hey, you know, if you're not doing anything tonight, you can come hang out with us and you know, blah blah blah. To which Dave looks at her and says, Oh, honey, I'm married. <laughs> Now, Allie didn't have any interest in him, but it <laughs> took her the next 15 minutes trying to explain that that's not what she meant. That's it was, awesome. It was so awkward. And it was yeah, the yeah. best thing he'd ever done. So, yeah, yeah. Somehow I made Jeff happy by doing that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I like awkward. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I enjoy awkward. Yeah, that that, that was the uh, the wedding and uh, and meeting Kristen's parents. Then... Now we should let, let's go back to uh, wife number one. Oh God, we're jumping around. Yeah, wife number one. I think for legal purposes, we have to remain uh, we remain unnamed. wife number one. No, yes. uh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> was it? Um, I had moved away and come back, and so Jeff picks me up, and wife number one is. How would you describe the uh, religious upbringing, Jeff? I'm going to let you take that one. It's Pentecostal. Okay, just cut to, I'm cutting cut right to the, to the chase. Yes, Pentecostal, and, very sheltered, long skirts, long hair, no makeup. That yes. And then she marries Jeff. Who, I was going to say, I have questions. <laughs> like, how does a Pentecostal girl end up with Jeff? Well, she wasn't. She was what they consider backslidden at that point. She wasn't Pentecostal, but had grown up Pentecostal. Okay. Well, that, I can tell you fair? about some of the some of the women that he dated before wife number. Oh, one. oh God. we can get into that, but let, let's let's yeah. let's stick so, to wife number one, and then we'll backslide a little bit more. <laughs> so, so, to wife number God. one, yes, yeah, so we go there, and they're in this very small church, like the one where you open up the back doors. We had to pick and, her up from like a Wednesday evening service, <laughs> okay, or a Thursday or Friday because they had <laughs> services every night. Yeah. So she and was back in the fold at this point, is what I'm gathering. She was still going with her mom, yes. Okay. So we are, you know, out in this car and we're just waiting and waiting because this thing should have been over with like 45 minutes ago. So we just open up the door to go in. Oh, no. Yeah, we did. And at this point, we're thinking, surely it's over with there. And it was. They're gathering their purses and their, you know, stand by your man manuals and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's UCC, by the way, for those that are going to be writing in letters. Oh my god, Jeff Egbert. No, anyway, exactly. Exactly. Oh my god. So so they, you know, and they're about ready to walk out until they notice that I have an earring and long hair. Yep. Oh my god, the devil's in you. They shut the doors. Pull wife number one back in. It's time for a praying. Yes. That's what happened. Oh, no. That's exactly what happened. Yes. Yeah. And and they're praying that the spirit will show her that she should not go out with because I have an earring and long hair. Meanwhile, if they had any idea what Mr. Jeff had been doing. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. But yeah, they were they were laying on hands and stuff. It was a whole thing. <laughs> okay, so, so speaking about the UCC and wife number one, they come out to visit me and, and uh, those are pretty polar opposites. I want to point out. Yes, they Ab- are. 
You're a UCC, aren't you? I, I am, yeah. So, okay. you know, I'm just saying from, from personal experience, Pentecostal and UCC tend to uh, be pretty polar opposites. Absolutely. A little bit. Little yeah. bit. <laughs> Same God, but different worship styles. So, Significantly. Yes. Significantly. So well, now now my wife and I are non-denominational. Just put that out there. So anyway, um, so they come out to visit. And again, now my dad with the UCC church, so you know it. It's the... Formal, the the robe, the the uh, you know, very, formal, very structured church. It's, it's Catholic, yeah. Catholic light, exactly. You know, and, yeah. and they have communion, and so wife number one has no idea what's going on. Oh no! And because they're talking about Father, Son, Holy Ghost, uh-huh. well, and see in the in the Pentecostal religion, that's a no no. Yeah. There is no Trinity in the Pentecostal religion. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, dad's doing the, you know, turning around, holding the, you know, the chalice up and holding the, the bread up and that. And so wife number one is like, well, what, what's going on? To which point Jeff and I look at each other and we're like, we're going to have fun. With yeah, we got we to gotta fuck around here a little bit. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we're in the small church. And <laughs> By the way, let me point out, this was the first time I'd ever been in a church when they did communion. That had a row of wine and then grape juice. Yeah. I've never seen that before. At, Being at, Baptist, it was always grape juice. Yeah, no, at my church, you have the pick, and mm-hmm. I always go for the grape juice because I think the communion wine tastes horrible. Yeah. So it, th- that was the first time this happened. So she was scared to death she was going to get communion wine because she didn't drink. Okay. So well, and, and then so then we just piled on. I lean over and I say, to wife number one, I said, "Oh, it's okay." I said he's just preparing everybody. We have to go up there, and you have to confess your sins, and then you can take this, drink this, and then you're whole again. I'm just oh, pouring no. it on. Yes, and <laughs> she goes point? into crisis panic mode. Yes, at which point, <laughs> oh no, small church. She says loud enough, "Jeff, we fooled around last week." <laughs> Oh, it's a, no. you gotta tell the pastor. <laughs> oh no! Now, so my my mother, who doesn't weigh a hundred pounds, soaking wet, somehow takes Jeff and I out both. Yeah, she she heard that go down. Oh, she was so bad. You know, not to mention Dave, and and I'm going to throw this out there just to really pile on with you. Oh, so God. after the service was over. David and I go up on the podium, and we finished off all the communion grape juice, but the the parishioners were still there. (laughs) You guys went up to the front. We just started slamming back shots of grape juice. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Because we were cool. Yeah, your dad was not happy about that. At my church, they take all those trays back to the kitchen. And uh, so if you go back to the kitchen, you can do that. But if yeah. you, it's not up front. But yeah, there was something about doing it in front of the parishioners. That <laughs> that's, was really that's bothersome. Thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. you were like, hey, I really like the blood of Christ. I think I need a little bit more. Oh, hell, I'm just going <laughs> to slam it. That's that's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, you know, and while we're going down. Not down. done in a sacrilegious way. Not, not done in a sacrilegious no, way. No, but now no. But now that we are going down this slightly sacrilegious road. I always think to myself that wherever my church is getting the bread for the uh, the communion, I really need to figure out where that's at because, man, the body of Christ would make a wonderful ham and Swiss sandwich. <laughs> oh, 
I mean, it's the best bread. <laughs> and I don't know where they get it, but it is so good. I think I just well, I can tell you for, for the, uh, church, you know, when I grew up in the UCC church, my dad actually, it was homemade bread. Uh, this is not homemade bread. I'm but, not going to lie. I think I just pooped myself. It's so good. <laughs> I really, I, call, I, I started laughing and I think I crapped myself. <laughs> Well, that's awkward here at the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios at oh Top Shooters in Columbia, oh, Illinois. Hold on. I, I, I've got Jeff crapping stories. Oh, <laughs> let's get into that because everybody on the podcast likes to hear about Jeff crapping himself. In fact, for a while, I was playing audio of Jeff bidaying that he'd left me in a uh, yeah. voicemail. So, Dave, I called Nick and he didn't answer, which was his first mistake. And then my first mistake on that call <laughs> was that I went ahead and uh, bidayed and on he, the call so, he, so he'd he, have a... Recording he, of it. he left me a voicemail of him bedang, and then I took that audio and I put it to the soundboard and started playing it in the podcast periodically. <laughs> in fact, we haven't heard that in a little while. I think Let's... we probably should just <laughs> let that go. Uh, was it bedang or was it not? It it was, but was it? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so let, we could, we could get to Jeff pooping stories. You had mentioned uh, maybe some old girlfriends, and then also. You know, I don't know if there's anything else with wife number one that we need to touch base on, but you know, we've got all the time in the, the world. The only other story, and and Dave actually made a nice outline of my ignorance for me to look back on and really, <laughs> you know, oh, at first I was proud, and then you know there were there were tinges of guilt <laughs> that popped up when I start reading. Oh, it's like oh shit, I did do that. Um, one of the funniest things I ever did to wife number one was when her blinker went out on her car. Dave. And I think Dave was in on this, too, but we convinced her that she had the new neon blinker system that they had just come out with on that year's Pontiacs. Oh, no. And she took her granddam up to Walmart and went in and asked for blinker fluid in the automotive department. Nice. That may have been one of the funniest things I ever did. She came back and was not happy. (laughs) (laughs) Because... Well, it wasn't just, yeah, so, so he's convinced her that, yes, she needs to go ask for a blanket fluid. And I got, I, and then I threw on something about, oh, and don't forget your, your muffler brackets or something. Or your muffler bearings. That was it. Yeah. You get, you, oh, my God. Have a weather up there. Have them check your muffler bearings. <laughs> it was a whole thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That, that happened. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. She was less than abused about that. <laughs> Wasn't really a car gal. No, no. So yeah. okay, okay. But but we do have other car stories, you know. With uh, oh, so yeah, another thing that happened. We talked about our mutual friend Mark. Yeah. So Mark gets a speeding ticket. Oh my god! And, I forgot about this. And where was? Where, okay, so tell me the name of the town. Murfreesboro is Jackson County Courthouse in in okay. Southern Illinois. I got my first speeding ticket in Murfreesboro. Well, giddy up. I know, right? <laughs> so, uh, and it was Dave for reference. It was during the Apple Festival. Mine was not the tick. No, the ticket wasn't. The story he's going to tell was okay. So when he had to pay it, he realized like the night before. Oh crap! This is due tomorrow, nice. which is a Saturday. Oh it, no! It's, yeah. it's fifty dollars even. He had to. He had to have it paid. He was supposed to have paid it. I guess Friday. Yeah. And he knew that Monday they'd issue like a summons for him. Oh no! So this is Saturday, the day of the Apple Festival parade in Murfreesboro, Illinois. Oh no! That, that we live like an hour, hour and a half away from. And he's like, "Well, I got to go at least put it in the Dropbox." And we go up to his room, and he's like counting out 
$50 in quarters and nickels and pennies and putting them in these giant Ziploc bags. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, this happened. I, I witnessed yeah. it. Yeah, because he, he didn't want to ask his mom, who always just handed him money anyway, but didn't want to ask her for this money. Well, didn't want to tell her he'd got a ticket. <clears throat> yeah. So it was a $50 ticket in change. Yes. I'm sure that made the courthouse real happy. It oh, gets better. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> so, again, this is a Saturday, Nick. Yeah. We drive there, and we realize we cannot cross the street to get to the courthouse because there's this long parade. Yes. Apple Festival. Yep. Just like a scene out of the movies, the three of us dart in between like band members yeah. crossing the streets. Oh my gosh. So we make it to the courthouse. Well, and Mark is like holding like three Ziplocs. Just seems to be the- <laughs> <laughs> Gets to the drop box, like folds his ticket up, throws it in one of the Ziplocs, and just drops this into the uh, drop box, the overnight box. Oh, no. And we hear this. Ka-ching! And <laughs> yeah. you. We didn't see it because we couldn't. But we but heard it. You knew the bag busted. I was going to say, the bag busted, didn't it? <laughs> to have busted. He never got arrested. But today, yeah, yeah. Like, like people have gotten contempt of court for paying tickets with change. Change, exactly. Because yeah, right. now it's a protest. <laughs> but you know some clerk. Opened well, up that drop box and, and went, found fifty dollars in change, yeah. just scattered all down the bottom with the ticket just buried in and amongst all the yes. pennies and dimes and yeah. nickels. No, yeah. no, it wasn't a drop box. It was actually like a drop slit. It was the like, slot in the door. Oh, so it was yeah. all over the floor. It just spilled out yes. all over the. Oh yeah. yes. god! Because he has to cram it through the mail slot. So, in other words, they opened the door and probably yes. slipped and busted their ass on all this change. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I just imagine it was like an eight foot like perimeter. Circle. They open the yeah. door and it's like just sweeping like <laughs> the uh, as the and door like the, like as the little the, thing at the uh, carnivals. Yeah, the door kind of <laughs> opens it and sweeps the little pattern, Ooh. and you're like, oh god, yeah. <laughs> Either that or the jam- the weekend janitor walked in and said, "Hey, there's my tip." I don't know. Yeah. But- oh, now there's a possibility, but, they, but he never got arrested. So obviously, yeah. they they must have got the money at well, some point or another. Okay. I mean, they yeah. didn't get a, he didn't get arrested, but like, did he ever check? Did they process it? I or is there like a really old outstanding warrant? warrant. <laughs> Probably an old warrant because that was before the days of like you know judici or something. Yeah, you could look that up on yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Now, okay. one of the I, got go oh, ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say one of the things that we did, and this was this was actually Dave, our friend Mark that we just referenced, and our buddy Phil. So we were down at Carbondale one night. And we got the wild hair that we wanted to cook. And Phil at the time, if you remember, Dave, he was working at some steakhouse, I think Stevie's or something up in like yeah, the, the Belleville. He came and cooked it at your table and he was, yeah. So, so he, so he, he fancied himself a chef. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He knew everything about steaks. Just ask him. So we decide, and really seriously, it was what, like 10 o'clock at night that we're going to get steaks and go home and cook them at my parents' house, my at the farmhouse. At like the Quickie Mart. <laughs> no, no, we went to it was uh, it was Country Market, I think was the name of it down in Carbondale. It's where the uh, Rule King store is now. No, it was like a gas station where they sold meth out of the back. It was <laughs> nice. <laughs> it wasn't so it, quite so that the, bad. So these Somewhere were quality, the two. quality steaks, quality, quality me. meat, quality yes, yeah, quality cuts. grade A prime beef. Yes, okay, fillet. So okay. we we get back to the house, and it's at that point that we realize the only thing that I have to cook on, oh god, is a hibachi. That's literally a foot square. Oh, no. My little mini hibachi. 
So Jeff goes, oh, I don't have any lighter fluid. I don't know my Twix. So, <laughs> but we he, did have charcoal. He, yeah. The man empties a bottle of off bug spray. What? That's what yeah. we lit the charcoal. <laughs> Dude, that's flames like. Flames shoot. Flames shoot up like the side of the house. You've now, been now. Now, uh, I was going to say Nick has been to the farmhouse. He knows what I'm talking about. Yes. So we're out in the 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 back porch, and we've got this thing sitting on the concrete pad on the back porch. When you first come in, oh, no. it a fireball explodes out of this thing <laughs> out right outside of my parents' bedroom window. And again, kind of like the speeding ticket where he's got this great plan. His parents aren't going to find out about it. Yeah. Yeah. That that tipped him off. Yeah, because he's not going to wake up his parents. Well, well, his mom comes out, and if you knew, beautiful woman, nice. Well, uh, Jeff, um, it, it was daylight for a minute. Now it's not. <laughs> are, you, are you okay? Um, you just don't, don't burn down the house, please. <laughs> and he goes back to bed. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, she would never rip it to me in front of the guys. It was always the next day that's like, "What were you thinking?" <laughs> so awesome! Oh my god! But yeah, yeah uh, those steaks tasted horrible. Oh well, yeah, because they're covered in pesticide and yeah. chemical. Yeah, that was a bad choice. I mean, and god. again, they're not quality cuts of meat to begin with. No. Yeah. So that that whole crew. I get, uh, I do really well at work. You know, I'm working at the newspaper there, the County Journal in Percy. And I did really well this month. And Jerry Willis, the owner of the paper, one of the two brothers that owned it, Jerry and Larry. Jerry gives me a room coupon for, I forget, was it the Hyatt downtown in St. Louis? I think that's what it was. That big round one. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. So he gives me a ticket and says, hey, you had a really good month. We really appreciate you working here. Here's a free room. And what we did is we had this whole thing with courtesy checks where you would uh, run ads for these places and they'd give you rooms. So they yeah. had them for them and they would hand them out occasionally to the staff. So I decided to take the guys up to St. Louis. And I thought it would be really funny to pack a suitcase full of Little Debbie snack cakes. Oh, no. Okay. L- I, let me tell you about this suitcase with Little Debbie's. It is the finest packing I've ever seen. It's like a game of Jenga inside. Nice. Like Tetris. He has it even to the brim with just boxes and boxes. I took it up a notch. Yeah, little Debbie snack cakes. I mean, I'm looking at Jeff right now, and I can tell the man is a little Debbie connoisseur. Now, back then, though, I was <laughs> I was skinny as a rail. Okay, but, but you've seen you've seen his car. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, you've oh, seen yeah. his office space. So this oh, man yeah. is a slob. He is not. No, not neatness does not count, except for when it comes to packing little Debbies. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's the it, it, priorities. Yes. Yeah. Priorities. Yeah. Jeff has I, priorities. I was, I was very proud of bringing the Little Debbies. But yeah. what happened next isn't something that I assumed was going to go down. No, was that when uh, when Phil ended up, like, walking in the fountain and, like, no, yelling at No, the- that's when oh. you guys decided it'd be a good time to have a Little Debbie snack cake fight oh, in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so we're winging these I'm things as hard as we can at each other. And it was at that point that Dave thought it'd be a good idea to take them out of the packaging. Oh, no. Yeah, that made a little bit of a mess. So now there's chocolate and cream just everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there was room damage. We did not get it our deposit. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure no. the Willis has heard about that. So, and then, I don't know if it was Mark or Phil, decides, hey, I wonder if I can hit the fountain 20 <laughs> stories down from here. Like he jump? No, he starts throwing little no. Debbies in it. Oh, God. 
And it, like just back in the day when of- when windows would open mm-hmm, in hotels, right? Mm-hmm, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, we're, we're the reason they don't now. I got yeah. you. That and the suicide jumpers. <laughs> and the mass shootings. There's, <laughs> there are multiple reasons for yeah. that, yes. Oh, my so, God. So we, we get that out of our system, and we decide we're going to walk down to the old spaghetti factory. Because I had a friend that worked there, and you know we, you know we had some mutual friends down there. So we decide we're going to walk from the hotel down there. Now, never mind the fact that we're four dumbass kids from southern Illinois, and we don't really understand how dangerous downtown St. Louis is at night. And this is when, by the way? This would have like, been 87, 88. Yeah, probably okay. not a good time no. in downtown St. Louis. No, it was a rough time in downtown St. Louis. Yeah. And, and don't forget, the four of us think we're cool. Yeah. Or no, we, we know we're cool. And, <laughs> and not only cool, but we're, we're 10 feet tall and made out of Kevlar. Like, okay. we don't think we're indestructible. Okay. Because everybody goes through that phase when they're young. Right. So we're walking along, and I look over, and there's a goddamn drug deal going down on the other <laughs> side of the street as we're walking <laughs> To go down to the landing in St. Louis. Yeah. Now, it's one thing for us to walk by and just not acknowledge it and move on. But Phil, oh, at the God. top of his lungs, screams, hey, what's in the bag? Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I, it was probably one of the most scared <laughs> moments of my entire life. Because I knew that drug dealer was going to draw down on us and start, start on, you know, popping caps. Oh, my God. Well, and then Phil decides, let's go swimming in the... In the- the pond underneath the arch. Yes, I remember that. And that was when he talked about the fact of how easy it would be to be homeless in St. Louis because you could just bathe in the fountains. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I mean, I'm thinking, I don't think that's how that works. No, yeah. it's really not. Yeah. No. I mean, I say the same thing about Key West, Florida, but... You, you do, know. but that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Now, Dave, listen listen to Nick's theory on being homeless in Key West. Oh, Key West is but- perfect, man. The weather's good. You got the beach. You can go fishing and whatnot to get some food, or you can do some odd jobs for the various bars, a- and you got bars, so, you know, you do a little bit of work, you get a little bit of money, and now you're drinking all night, and you can sleep out underneath the stars and hang out, and the best part is, when the hurricanes are coming, the government comes along and takes you out. I like it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Now I now have a retirement plan. Thank it's, you. I mean, it's not the worst but, idea I've ever But heard. in all seriousness, and I say this with all seriousness, I don't know why anybody is homeless in cold areas. Just do your level best to get somewhere that's always warm. To get south. Get south. Yep. And I'm not throwing, and I'm not saying this to like flood to all the homeless. To make light or anything, Well, yeah. no, no, no. To make light. Well, yeah, definitely not to make light. And I'm also not saying this to flood the South with homeless people. But in all seriousness, I don't understand the logistics of staying somewhere where it's cold at least a portion of the year, if not a whole year long. Why wouldn't you go somewhere warm? Yeah. I mean, you could migrate a little north when it gets, when it gets hot. Because I don't want to be hot. I get that. Yeah. See- to listen to you with your PSA here. Well, I'm saying like like <laughs> Colorado during the summer, and then move back down to Florida, you know, Louisiana, Texas during the uh, the winter. Yeah, because that plan. kind of cross country travel is easy when you're homeless. <laughs> well, valid point. Valid point. So, so you okay. now realize, Jeff, if you ever you know are convicted of a crime, they now know where to go to look for you. That's true. true. That's true. very true. It's just a but, it, and and the the key term there is convicted. Because, yeah. yeah, there's been no conviction. That's right. Well, let's talk about some crimes that Jeff has committed that he hasn't been convicted for. Dave, I'm sure there's probably a few that you're aware of. <laughs> yeah, we're, those <laughs> records are sealed. <laughs> so let me, let, me, let me stop you there and get away from this. 
Um, let's take a round real quick. What's everybody getting on their cigar? Since it's a cigar I was going to say, I'm like halfway, eh, maybe a little past halfway done on the uh, Arturo Fuente, what is it, Supersado <laughs> Sun Grown 8x8? Yeah. Or 858. And I just did a. I just did a retro hail. A little bit of pepper there. Oh, <coughs> yeah. More than a little bit. Yeah. Do you, um, ever, do you ever retro yeah, hail, Dave? I'm, I'm getting the pepper in the back of the throat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, the pepper's there. Um, but it, it still has a really good mild flavor. I, I do like, you know, with the Maduro wrap, just the, uh, you know, the, the flavor on, on the, the lips, too. I mean, it, it's, this is a good mild cigar. I'm glad I chose it. Well, yeah. there you go. It's, it's good. I like it. It's got a little bit of the, the chocolate flavor. It's that, a tad meatier than, than what I normally smoke. But it's, everybody on the podcast knows that. I I'd like my yeah, own. I'd I like shade-grown Connecticut. I'd say it's a pretty solid medium. Mm-hmm. I, okay. I, you want to hear about a crime? What's that? Jeff used to smoke Swisher Sweets like they are going out of style. Dude, tell me about it. I've watched that man <laughs> smoke peach once, and he's all like, oh hey, God. I want a cigar. And he gets out, he's like, yeah. it's peach. And I'm like, Jeff, anything you buy that's two for a dollar at the gas station is not a cigar. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. The other yeah. thing that I watched him do, he drank an entire thing of peach moonshine, and it's like this syrupy, sweet kool-aid stuff oh that he it bought was at the it was diabetes store. in a in a mason jar it was oh. yeah but he drank that whole thing and it was disgusting yeah evidently you just put peach flavor on something and jeff will eat it i'm all in yeah. so this is the man who like eats cicadas to prepare for the whatever oh, i know oh, i can't wait for him to hatch this year we're supposed to have a big oh. outbreak and drinks like we had to go to some asian grocery store so he could get some pickled pear what pickle juice or something it, it, uh, i know kombucha no it was not kombucha it was something else it, it was because it had the little wax rings in it or whatever and we had to go oh like, oh no nick has tried this okay what? he's talking about the uh the uh uh hold on he's talking about the aloe vera juice with oh. the chunks of aloe vera in it that's what he's talking about okay yeah, that's weird, but I I will admit the the one brand, the one flavor that Jeff has gotten, I did I didn't yeah. didn't mind. It is weird having little chunks of like stuff in your drink though. Yeah. So uh, apparently the, you know, off-flavored steaks have just uh changed his palate forever. Well, I mean, you know, he blew it out with the off. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nothing like mosquito repellent to just enhance the flavors of everything. Now, we've now, now he's never been bit by a mosquito since, so it's Aww. true. It's true. <laughs> they never bother me. They'll carry Nick away when we're out on the back deck. Oh yeah, it's true. Yeah, on in the uh, Aladino, uh, excuse me. In the Jerry Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios. We've got to plug the sponsor here. Um, we'll be out there and mosquitoes will be trying to carry him off and they they don't touch me. I may have permanently offed myself. That didn't sound right at all. You almost permanently <laughs> offed yourself by eating steaks cooked and off. Let me turn the tables on Dave for a minute. Oh, uh-oh. It's time for the other key turn. Yeah. Oh, uh, here we go. And, and I have thought of three other stories that we must circle back to. Oh, God. Cigars in Las Vegas. Dave, Dave got in a fight with J.D. Drew. Oh, God. Remember the former Cardinal? Yeah, yeah. By the way, Dave thinks that J.D. Drew ruined baseball. So what? we'll just throw that out there, Dave. Tell him what you did. So, so you know, the, the man who, you know, demanded millions, millions of dollars before he played one inning of professional ball. 
Yeah. He got it, though, didn't he? Because the Cardinals, you know, screwed all of the rest of baseball. You know, if it weren't for the St. Louis Cardinals, we'd have peace in the Middle East. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. They, they wait a minute. the Cardinals, yes. I, yeah, th- th- that and the designated hitter rule link directly to the troubles in the Middle East. <laughs> all right. I, we'll have to. That'll be show two. That, yeah. That'll be the follow-up show <laughs> yeah. when you come back we'll, on. We'll, we'll let you come that. along with that one in a bit. <laughs> so, so you know, it, J.D. Drew again. You know, so I'm, I'm from Philadelphia, Phillies fan. And, you know, he, you know we, we draft him. He, money, they give him a contract, but he and his agent weasel out of it. And he re-enters the draft the next year. And there was an unwritten rule with all of the baseball GMs to teach this guy a lesson. We're all, we all pass on him the first round. And then round number two, it's fair game. Just out of spite. Okay. Okay. And tell the St. Louis Cardinals, say, oh, we want him. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll screw the rest of baseball world and st- sign this little guy. Dave is still bitter about this to this day. How I can long tell. Ago was that? 1997. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so the he makes his major league debut here in Wichita, playing for the Double A Arkansas Cardinals. Okay. This is his professional debut. Like a week earlier, there's a big news article about he's talking about how the Lord wanted him to stay in in St. Paul. And, you know, that's where he's supposed to be because he hasn't gotten his money, you know. But he's saying all these things about peace, and that's where he's supposed to be. And it's getting a little loud there. uh, We've we've been joined by a group. We're aware. Yeah. So um, There's, there's... there's too many for me to fight. <laughs> so we just. But, have but we're to... still playing record, so I tell so, the story. So, 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 he makes so just, so here just like prison, you just have to sit back and take it. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> wow! That took a turn. Is it speaking from experience? No. <laughs> just secondhand knowledge. No, no, Dave. Dave, Nick has been abducted by aliens. That is not. Hey, you got me addicted to this Resident Alien TV the, show. Never the been Grays proven. Have probed him. Yes, it's never been proven, Jeff. I talk never about Resident proven. Alien on the show all the time because it's the greatest. He thing won't on TV. shut up about this. It's show. a great show. It I'm really sure is. it is, but he just won't shut up. It's like I, I I'm convinced he's gotten sponsored by it or something. <laughs> do, do I get to tell my JD Drew story? Yes, I'm yes, yeah. yeah well, go gonna, ahead. We're gonna pot ourselves down though, so we can hear you. Because yeah, every because, every motherfucker in this bar has decided to join our table. <laughs> anyway, so, and he, yeah, say it a bit louder, kind of like wife number one at church. But <laughs> so he makes his major his his professional debut here in Wichita. I've got lots of friends who work for the Wichita Wranglers, and they so every time he comes up to bat, they play you know money for nothing or you know money by Pink Floyd. That's his walk up song. And I get there as the gates open and I hold up a sign that says, you know, I thought God wanted you in the Northern League. And the other sign says the Phillies are better off without you. And because the media is there and everything. And I am just harassing him to the point where he sends another player over to ask me to calm down. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, of course, ratchet it up. And make sure that the money songs are going to be played and everything. So the game is played and comes and goes. And fast forward to two years ago. 
He is in Wichita playing uh, in the NBC tournament here. A uh, buddy of mine, Nate Robertson, used to pitch for the Detroit Tigers and brings in these ex-major leaguers. And they play uh, you know, college-age kids, and it's just a really cool thing. So afterwards, we go down, they have an autograph session, and I've got my Philly shirt on. And now Nate, and again, remember, Nate pitched against the Cardinals in the World Series in 06 and everything. But So Nate, I explained to him, my love of JD Drew. And he's like, he's a good Christian guy. He's a nice, nice guy. He's in town doing this. You know, please, you know, be, be nice. He knows I'm going to be. I, I've grown up at this point. Again, this is 20 years ago. You know, so, um, well, but I go up to him. Grow, and I by say, the way, grown up is a bit of an overstatement. But anyway, continue. <laughs> so, so we're in the autograph line. I go up to him. And before I even say anything, he goes, oh, God, you have a Philly shirt on. <laughs> oh, and I said you made your professional debut here in this very ballpark. He goes, yeah, I remember that. I said I was the guy who followed you around and had the sign before I could finish telling him. He goes, I wanted to punch you that night. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's the perfect. You'll get his professional debut. And what does he remember? But this little punk kid who you totally you, you ruined his you, opener. You, you took his moment away from yeah, him. Yeah. So. <laughs> And then I tell him, I'm like, look, but hey, it, it, you know, Nate is like inching his way over like Dave, Dave, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, I said, hey, but Nate says you're a cool guy. I said, yeah, I just wanted to you know, say I'm sorry. He reached out, shook my hand, at which point my wife says, oh, my God, do that again. It takes a picture of it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to send so, that to us so we can share it on the uh, socials. Uh, you really want it? Yeah, I've got it. Somewhere. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So she, so yeah, I, I shake the man's hand after he admits he wanted to, you know, pummel me, <laughs> and that. So yeah, that was that was my uh, my story there. But all right, then that's awesome. Okay, so for the for the podcast world, we took a little quick break because just this giant group. How would you explain them, Nick? Uh, it was a giant group of blue-collar gentlemen who decided that the patio was where they needed to come. And stand around and, us. And literally be around us and be extraordinarily loud. Yeah. It, like, it, and I don't know what it is, but this happens to us a lot. And I'm going to vent for a second here, Dave. So Go for it. When we're, wherever we are, if people see us out recording, they decide they have to get louder to compete with us. It is the weirdest thing. And they're almost at a level where they're just screaming around us, and it happens all the time. And I have no idea why it goes down like that, but Nick, am I lying? Uh, it happens a lot. Yeah, people see us with the headsets and the microphones, and they either come over and try to strike up a conversation, which one dude did earlier tonight, and I just <laughs> ignored him. Yeah. If they see us like, yeah, they're literally like, doing something. Are you on the radio? It's like, no. <laughs> we no. get heckled. We got heckled by someone here. I'm still not sure it was a woman or a man, but we got heckled. It was heckled. a woman, and I only determined that based off the name. Okay. But anyway. And she heckled us it was almost like 20 the minutes. entire show. Yeah. It was a solid 20 minutes. But yeah. anyway. Anyway. Oh, so, and we've got to talk about some of the uh, happenings when we went to New York City. Absolutely. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, so, yeah. Okay. Well, so, I think I think let's let's take a quick break from stories here. Nick has a piece of uh, cigar news that he wants to talk about, and I think Dave will want to weigh in on this. Okay. Okay. So, um, the uh, PCA, the uh, Premium Cigar Association, 
put out a notice on Tuesday that Senator Dick Durbin. You dick. Dick Durbin. And I have a saying about Dick Durbin. You got a Dick Durbin before Durbin dicks you. Yep. And the problem is. A lot of truth to that. Problem is. We're from Illinois. We know. Durbin. Hey, that's, that's richer to you and me. Yeah. <laughs> well, the problem is Durbin is dicking us all. Yes. Because buried within Senate Bill 411, which is known as the Mothers and Offspring Mortality and Morbidity Awareness Act. Which, how could you possibly be against that? Also known as Mama's Act. Yeah. There are changes to the tax code that would treat the entire tobacco industry as cigarettes. And the result of this is an estimated 500 to a 1,000% increase on the tax for premium cigars, depending upon the size, and a 1,650% increase on the tax for pipe tobacco. What is the tax rate already? It it varies by state. Yeah. Right. Well, the federal, I don't don't know. So, hang on. Let me... Let me, We're let me look I'm that jumping up. over to Half Wheel because they have a little bit more information here. And basically, the current language is for cigars is 52.75% of the import price of a cigar, which is capped at 40.2 cents per cigar. Okay? So 40 and a quarter cents. If passed, Senate Bill 411 would increase that tax to $49.56 per per pound, okay? Per pound. So no less than 10.066 cents per cigar. And because the tax is based on weight, the increases are more dramatic for larger cigars. So Half Wheel did this based upon three the, the three popular sizes of cigars going on right now. Okay. And so for a Robusto, you're looking at about an increase of $1.66. For a Toro, you're looking at about $1.78. And for a 7 by 70 you're looking at about $3.10. Dear God. And those taxes would be paid by the manufacturers. Which and, is going to get passed on to us. Precisely. Right. And so basically what this means is that breaking it all down, a $9.50 cigar after everything, uh, well, actually... They give the example of a state like Florida with no state cigar tax. The uh, price before tax is nine fifty, and then if this is enacted, that nine dollar and fifty cent tax or cigar would now jump to about twelve dollars and one cents. Wow! Just for the federal <laughs> government to piss away. And now here, here, Nebraska has a twenty percent tax on the wholesale cost of cigars. So that cigar right now costs about $11.40. That $9.50 cigar right now is costing about eleven forty in Nebraska. After this is enacted, that same cigar, that $9.50 cigar in Nebraska, is now looking at about $14.42. Good grief. Yeah, and most of you know, the average price of a good cigar is, what, you know, 8 9 bucks for a good one here. And, yeah, yeah ta- taxes, you know. Now, elections have consequences. That's all I'm going to say. But now, so so you, you talk about you've got you know good cigar shops there that you like to go and buy. Um, you know where I went here, we've got a couple of cigar shops here in Wichita. And, you know, like I said, I went to the Cigar Chateau, and and what I like about that is you walk in with a giant humidor, and and you know if you're a novice or if you're not a regular cigar smoker, you can walk in and they'll talk to you and they'll help you find you know and help you pick out the right one, or if you Definitely. want to get a sample. Yep. 
So what's going to happen is you're going to see a lot more people buying stuff online where, but are you, are they going to get taxed that way? Or are we going to start going to, you know, just buying from other countries? Well, I will say a lot, of, there's been at least a couple states already that have imposed their state tobacco tax onto online sales. And so now with it, within those states, I know Maryland is one of them. Which can I, um, I contend, even though I'm not a fan of taxes, is at least fair. It's fair because at least yeah. now online and brick and mortar are, are on the level playing field. Right. But, uh, yeah, no, you make a valid point. Now here, I know Jeff has a thought I on this. I do have a thought on this. And so I'm going to let Jeff talk. I think that everyone in our audience, and, and when I say everyone, I mean everyone and all the people you know, okay? We need to start a campaign. We need to call Dick Durbin's office and ask him why he hates industry in Central America. Because most of I want the, to know why he's racist against Central America. Exactly. Why? Why That's are what you? This, this are is, you trying to this make is, the border crisis? This is crisis, Dick Durbin being a racist. Yeah. He's trying to make the border crisis worse by killing an industry that is big in Honduras and Nicaragua, the Dominican Republic and the Caribbean. You know, it, you, you've got all these areas that produce tobacco and sell that product to Americans. And he's going to make it harder on them to do business. And he's going to end up costing jobs in Central America and in the Caribbean. And I want to know why he's racist against those Latino communities. Yes. So here's the phone number for Dick Durbin's Washington, D.C. office that everybody can call. It's area code 202-224-2152. I think we should say that number again. That's area code 202-224-2152. And if you're feeling like just calling his Chicago office... That's area code 312-353-4952. Area code 312-353-4952. And I think that everybody ought to let Dick Durbin know that he can suck it. Yeah. Do they, do they still have police in Chicago to keep them safe? Oh, I'm, I'm, don't, I'm I think sure. it's pretty much all social workers now. I think they've gotten rid of the police force <laughs> up there. It's the strong, <laughs> some of the strongest gun laws in the country and the... So many shootings happen there. It's just, I, I don't even know the number anymore. I saw a statistic on it a week or two back, but that's already changed. Yes. Yeah. It, don't, don't even get me started on Illinois politics. <laughs> Everybody on the show, God love them, our listeners have had to put up with my rants before about Illinois and its bass-ackwards ways of doing things. Wow. Yeah. And, and, you know. But, I but just... seriously, Dick Durbin is trying to hurt industry in central America and in the Caribbean. And what he's doing is he's destabilizing the immigration crisis here in the United States because when people in Honduras and Nicaragua and all these other countries that are making cigars end up losing their jobs because there is higher, too high of taxation and it's hurting that industry, what do you think those people are going to do? Yeah, We're either sending aid down to those countries at that point, or those people are marching their way up to the United States to try and find a better gig. Yeah, why is he and, trying and to mess with an industry that's working down there? I was going to say, just leave the people alone, let them do what they do, and maybe do a little fucking research on your own, Dick Durbin. You dick! Yep. You got a Dick Durbin before. Durbin dicks you. There you go. It's okay. Dave, did we leave any gray area there? I, I, I'm just wondering where you stand on. So, but let me add. That. I can't let me add stand Dick Durbin, the man. Well, well, all right. So let me add that. You, you talk about all of those, you know, jobs down there, and we've been to the factories. 
I mean, you've toured some of the factories in Florida, even too. You know, yes, we have. Yep, the cigars and we're actually and the, we're actually supposed to be headed to Honduras later this year. Fun. Uh, this year, this year. Well, if it works out, depending on COVID restrictions and travel, I don't know when the hell we're doing that. But okay, we're supposed to. Oh, hope well, you have your Jeff action. I don't. That's the thing. I need to get mine renewed. JRE. Yeah, I've got to get my passport up and running. Yeah. Anyway. But, but, so, so, yeah, so, we have been invited to JRE. That doesn't mean it's happening this year. Well, I'd like it to. Uh, like, I can dream, see, see what Jeff just did there, by the way, Dave? He he heard one thing and, and, and then way off the rail and processed <laughs> something totally different. He heard, I'd like to get you down to my farm someday. And Jeff's like, this year, you know, <laughs> it, but hey, better late than, you know, better, better now than I mean, what's a better time than now? Come on. Anyway, we need to go. Just plane ticket now. Yeah. We should go ahead and reserve. God. Let's just show up one day. Hey, who's Stowe? We're here. God. Were those, mor- I, were those morons you sponsor on the podcast? Exactly. <laughs> oh my Let God. me add to this point here that cigars are made. There, there's some, you know, made here in America as well. But and what about, again, I talk about the independent shops. But But even with the independent shops. They're still buying their tobacco from these countries, and they're going to be paying for it by the pound on this tax. And they're passing that cost on. They have to. Price is going to be too high. You know, I guess if they're going to keep giving us, you know, stimulus, even though I haven't gotten one yet, you know, and and all that, because people aren't going to be able to afford to to enjoy a nice cigar. Yeah. Well, the public is not going to be able to enjoy a nice cigar, and that sucks. Yeah, and and God forbid. We get to do something that we enjoy. Well, and the thing is, right now, cigars are one of the few uh, luxury items that the king of Saudi Arabia and I can both enjoy the same thing and have the same experience. I don't. Dan Ponder over at Riverman talks about it all the time. I am not going to ever drink the super exclusive wine that the king of Saudi Arabia has access to. I'm never going to get to drink that super old whiskey that the king is going to be able to enjoy or, or you know, some really luxurious food or something like that. But the tobacco, the, the cigars, I can go out and I can get the same $30, $50 cigar that he's smoking mm-hmm. and, and I can smoke the same thing. It costs me more. In, in, you know, when you look at the, the, the ratio of my income to spending, you know. But you can get it. But I can still get it. Yeah. And. You know what you're never going to have? You're never going to have those, those like hunting falcons that he has either. No. I want some of those. I'm not. I want a couple oh. of those. This would be another Jeff rabbit hole, by the way. <laughs> Jeff, he just wants to train a pigeon. <laughs> oh, my God. No, no. The falcons will attack the pigeon. So I'm going to need. Stop. Just stop. I need something with some talons. Yeah, let it go, Jeff. <laughs> Let it go. Maybe I could oh train my. a bald eagle. I got. I'm a little bit. All right. I'm probably more Indian than uh, what's her nuts. Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. I'm probably more, more Indian than Elizabeth Warren. Shit, I'm more Indian. Than so Elizabeth I should Warren. be able to own my own, you know, bald eagle. I think that's you know a fair assumption. Did you just say that you should be able to own an endangered species? Uh, well, I'm protecting it. But I want to train it to hunt those falcons and then have an air-to-air combat. Now we got something. Dude, that bald eagle would rip you apart. (laughs) 
I've seen back, bald eagles up close. the heart right out they're of me. They're freaking huge. They are. And they're mean looking. They are. Like, they're they're how badass. In the hell, how in the hell did you two go from saving the cigar industry here in America to Jeff getting an eagle attack? Dave, have you ever listened to our show? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised we're not talking about butt stuff. <laughs> oh, oh, that's coming. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, speaking of uh, butt stuff, let's get back to Jeff's stories. <laughs> so, okay. So, Dave, I think we should, one that we should tell before, you know, before we wrap up, we definitely have to tell the story about you and I going out to New York for our friend Phil's wedding. Well, we, we actually have two different New York City trips. We do. do you, you pick the first one and go with it, and then we'll do the second. <laughs> so we go out there for, for our friend Phil's wedding, and somehow Phil somehow is getting married at like the United Nations Center or something that's like reserved for in the Royal. chapel at the yeah at the that's UN. impressive yeah it was really cool yeah. so, so wait 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 so back up back up Jeff has been in the UN yeah oh my god yeah and and and, and we were together and we did not get arrested hmm. it was I mean it was touch and go so Dave and I decide when we get there that we're gonna go down and look at New York because we the the story he's gonna tell you later we're going in reverse order but the story that he's going to tell you later was pre-Giuliani, New York. Now, okay. we're in Giuliani's New York, and Giuliani has cleaned up the city. It's amazing yes. how much different it is from the first couple of times we'd been there to this. Right. So we go out for this wedding, and we're walking around Times Square. Okay. And this really, really attractive woman in, was it a BMW or a Mercedes? I don't remember which. I, I don't know that it was, but it was a nice car. Yeah. I don't but yeah, rolls up to us, and we're like, "Oh my god, we're be this nice lady's picking picking us up." All right, nice. Yeah. Until we realize she is a prostitute. Yes. So Giuliani nice. had ran all the hookers out of um, Times Square. Uh huh. What they started doing is they would drive around and pick up the Johns in the cars, and then take them back to. You know, wherever. You well, know. that's convenient. That way, if you don't have transportation, you can still get some. So we're we're probably and we're 10 like, minutes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. We, we can't tell our wives. What, are we, what is the first thing we do? We run back and tell <laughs> <Exactly>. our wives. <laughs> but God, you guys are lame. It took us. <laughs> it took us a good 10 minutes of talking to this woman to realize what was going on. Because you should have had Corey Frisbee with you. It, true. He did. He did. <laughs> he did distilled it down quickly. So, uh, Dave, that's one of our friends in the cigar industry that uh, tried to hook Nick up with a tranny out in Vegas. Oh, dear God. Okay. We don't know that it's a tranny, but it, she definitely was a hooker. But we don't know that she was a tranny. There's lots of suspicions and definitely Anecdotal some evidence. evidence. And there's some evidence that points to it, but uh, there was no confirmation. Yes. Okay. So um, so we're, we're talking to this woman. And at first, she's like, hey, you guys in from out of town? And we're like, yeah, you know, just we're bumpkins. And <laughs> we start talking we're to her. We're telling our life story to we this were. lady. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. And, because it, we have a new best friend. She <laughs> wanted, she's like, well, would you guys like me to show you around? And you're like, sure, pretty lady. That was exactly yes. it. And then we realized, oh, shit. She's a hooker. Nice. This is yeah. going to cost us. Yeah. <laughs> and neither one of us had like 20 bucks. That's we what you just look at it and you're like, to I, get it. I don't have any money. Yeah. 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 We that's, didn't. And, that's how I got out of my hooker situation. That's was, true. I just looked at her and I'm like, I, I don't have any money. And that was the yeah, end of that. Not our friend anymore. <laughs> So, but, but yeah, so, but back to Phil's wedding. So we come out of the United Nations and like a crowd has gathered because again, this is reserved for high ranking politicians and uh, celebrities and that type. And who is that? And, and Phil. 
<laughs> and Phil, yes. Well, well, I make up the story that Phil, God, I made up some name. I can't even remember what it was. Yeah, he had a whole backstory going that he was telling the people. <laughs> I'm That's telling awesome. everybody that he is like this giant Broadway star. <laughs> now, do you remember the reception? Okay. Was it at a VFW hall? Please tell me it was no, someplace no, like no, really no, little. No, it was in no, like. But, but they put disposable <laughs> cameras out on the table, which was a mistake. Yes. This was back in the age of disposable oh, cameras no. before digital. So yes. each table had their cameras so we could all take memories of the reception. Except for Jeff and I grab all of the cameras. <laughs> we one thing we did is we kept interjecting ourselves into everyone else's photo. So there's this family picture with us on the end of yeah, it, like yeah. bookends. And then we ended up taking pictures. We at one point we put a flower in Dave's ass crack and took a picture. <laughs> I think we shoved my first ex-wife in a dryer and took a picture of her yes. in there. Oh my gosh. We yes. I, we just went hog wild with our two or three cameras. So, flash forward to, they, they come back from their honeymoon, and they're there with all the family, and they're opening the gifts, and they bust out these pictures. In front of the whole family, they're passing them around. Oh, no. And they get to our packs. Oh, no. And there's my ass. <laughs> yeah. Phil's mom liked me up until then. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. We had, but she didn't know, in, in, in her defense... I don't think she knew it was your ass. It was, it was you just, told it was just, him. It was, it was just a yeah, ass. I did tell him. Then they well, knew. Jeff cannot <laughs> see, keep a secret. <laughs> Thank like, you. He just cannot keep something to himself. No. You know? Yeah, we have a good thing going. <laughs> like, he, he just, he always has to tell all the details. And sometimes the humor is in the not knowing. Or in this case, yeah. in the knowing. Yeah. yeah. Now, it wouldn't have been that hard to figure out because, like, every picture before and after is basically that was, yeah. one, he and I. That is true. Yeah, that's a valid point. <laughs> it was pretty obvious. And the mole, right? The mole? Yeah, because, the like, we, yeah, this, this is a nice – I mean, I forget where it is, but I mean, it was, like, a nice reception hall. And we take these cameras, like, we start walking back into the kitchen. We start just making ourselves a home at this place. Yeah, that's awesome. We had a lot of fun with those cameras. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. now, okay, so we tell you that story. We're going to flash back to the late 80s. We go out to, it, Phil and I travel out to meet Dave because he is, his dad has switched, you know, moved churches and he's reaching out in uh, uh, Allentown, Bethel, yeah. that area. Yeah, yeah North Philadelphia, yeah. Yeah. So we go out there, and it's it's Phil and I. We go out and we surprise Dave. Okay, and my ho- my my bedroom. Yeah, we trashed trash. his bedroom. <laughs> like we, take all my cassettes and like rip the tape out. We, and, oh we my used God. Stri- the yes. streamers around the room. No, no, like like cause damage. That's douchey, my- dude. Okay, yes. they were you know they they weren't that good at tapes. <laughs> <laughs> Dave didn't have that like, good a taste in oh music. Oh my God. Oh, well, he takes like my Amy Grant tape and puts it in my Striper case. And my- all right. Oh, yeah. Know, we rearranged them all. In all fairness, both Amy Grant and Striper, yeah, you, you can yeah, just okay. you string well, those I, out. I, I, <laughs> I like no, Amy Grant and Striper. It was the other stuff that, you know, like, I, I don't even remember what they were, but they were the secular band. So we, you know, you streamed took, like, his all, room. Yeah. So all my Depeche Mode is yes. gone. Yes. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. So, you knew how good of a band Depeche Mode was. You wouldn't have screwed with them. So we end up taking. Dave's dad's car, who, oh, by the way, he's trading the next week. He's already got a deal done on this car. 
and we decide that we're going to New York, and his dad is kind enough to let us take the car. Yeah. So we drive no, to no, New no, York. Hold on. So dad negotiates the trading deal, but says my son needs it for the weekend. I'll trade it in on Monday. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> so <laughs> we go to New York, and we have a ball. I mean, yeah. it's just three country bumpkins, you know, strolling around New York with our jaws agape and taking pictures and just doing all the touristy stuff. Well, I parallel parks in front of the World Trade Center. He did. And we go up it, it, the World Trade Center. We go up to the observation deck. We, we're just having a ball. And it was at that point when we came back down the, what, 130 stories or whatever. Well, I don't remember how tall it was. I hate to admit. But we come back down. And we realized at that point that uh, our car was broken into. Oh, no. Yes. They, they knocked the rear window. The back window. Yeah. Now, this is January. Yes. Oh, God. So we're in New York in January. Sands a window on the, I think it was on the passenger side back window. It was, yeah. So they, they reached in. And it, now here's the weird thing. All they took was like our T-shirts we'd bought at the Hard Rock Cafe, but they threw all of the expensive luggage and everything out of the way to get to those. So they just took the bags out, not the clothing, the clothes, clothes bags yeah, yeah, and things yeah, like yeah. that. So the expensive stuff they pushed out of the way and they stole our T-shirts. Okay. And they left our fudge, but they got glass in it. They did. Those so we, savages. Yeah. So yeah. we're morons. You know, still a little bit to this day, but really back then. So. And, and- so my car is parked in front of New York City, and someone smashes when they'll take something, and no one does anything. And no one That's did a thing. Because, yes. you know, why would you? That's New York. Yeah. So yeah. we don't have the sense God gave a chicken, and we don't, <laughs> we don't put any cardboard in the window or anything. We literally drove on the New Jersey Turnpike back to Pennsylvania without a window. With, and so Phil and Jeff are in the front seat. <laughs> like We're spooned. Like, Conserving fooding <laughs> for body heat. So, but first of all, as we're driving out of New York City, now I'm pissed because you know my dad said, "Yeah, oh whatever yeah, you do, whatever you do, don't get a scratch on it. Don't do anything to devalue this car." Yeah, that was the lecture we get. It was, and the window gets busted out. Gone. Yeah, just gone. We, it, yeah, we don't put cardboard in it. We don't do anything. So I'm driving out, and then as we're leaving the city, it Jeff. To lighten the mood, gets out a harmonica. <laughs> yes, and is making up songs. And and so we're at like this red light, and Jeff's like, we got robbed. And this guy rolls next door and goes, we just got sideswiped. <laughs> the side of the call was, our, was all janked up. Oh, no. We're like, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So at some point, we end up in a McDonald's. Oh, I God. Think in Queens. Okay. I, it, it was, I don't know where it was, but it was, a, it, it, it was bad. And wherever it was, it was the worst part of that worst part. Yes. Okay. So we pull up and the squawk box, is, <laughs> you can't hear a thing. So right. we order our food and we get up to the window and they hand us stuff. We have no idea what it is because it wasn't what we ordered, but we were just glad to leave. Yeah. And no, no, I, hold on, hold on. Remember, because I'm like, no, I want, I'll, I'll make up something I can't, can't remember. I want, you know, the double cheeseburger. You'll have a fish sandwich. <laughs> yeah, fish sandwich? No, a yeah. double fish sandwich. They just told us what we were going to order. Okay. It was whatever yeah. they had made is what we were getting. All right. You know, yeah. we, I think we wanted a Coke. They gave us a high C. It was a whole thing. Right. <laughs> so we end up headed back and we realize we need gas. Of course, so we stop in New Jersey to get gas. Now, the thing was, 
the, the, I don't know if Dave knew this, but Phil and I did not know. You can't pump your own gas in Jersey. Not in Jersey. And, and Phil this, gets again, out, picks up the pump. This is the bad part of Newark. Yeah. Oh, God. So Phil gets out, grabs the, the gas pump, and starts to pump. And, and the mafia comes out and just beats the piss out of you. Starts screaming at us, running out of the, the, yeah. the gas station. You're yeah. causing a crisis. You cannot do that. Oh, my God. What are you doing? Yes. Oh, my God. So at this point, Dave panics and drives off. And Phil rips the gas, the, the nozzle, what? out of the car as Dave drives away. <laughs> you left your boy. <laughs> Phil's standing there talking to him. You left your boy. You stole gas and you left your boy. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, well, let me back up to the beginning of this trip. To the beginning of this trip. So we, again, we're the three of us, and we decide it's nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. We're going to take off to New York City. We don't have cell phones because they don't exist at this point. We don't have hotel reservations. We're, you know. 18 and 20, and we're going to take on New York. <clears throat> oh, my. <clears throat> this drive from my house to New York City should have taken about two hours. <laughs> the guy behind you okay? <laughs> I, we're not 100% sure, <laughs> but we're not turning so, around to look. Yeah, so so three and a half hours later, just like um, that, there's a Big globe back there. Yeah, we drove past New York City. Oh we ended, no! We end up like in like middle of Connecticut before yeah. we realized. Oh it. We'd no! We turn around and come back. Yeah. So at this yeah. point, it there is, was there was no map quest back then. Obviously, yeah. 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 And we're in the car that I'm not to devalue, and I'm just piling miles on it. Just, <laughs> oh my! So we pull into New York City. And I, you know, at this point, we're getting our second win. I mean, we're like slapping each other to, to, to keep ourselves awake and everything. It's, you know, three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. And yeah, are you, would you like to tell him what I did, Jeff? So at one point, Dave leans out the window and he's screaming, hello, New York. Oh, no. I've got my hand out. I am out of the window. Smacked a guy in the head. <gasps> No. Just cold cock this son of a bitch (laughs) accidentally. Oh, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) My hand still hurts. So Jeff's like, oh, my God. Like, they turn around. This guy's, like, just in a daze. Like a a weeble. They wobble, but don't fall down. He took it. (laughs) The guy took it like a man, I'm going to say. And I'm in the backseat, like, clutching my hand. Like, what the hell did we just do? Oh no, we we yeah no it was it was all Dave that was all Dave <laughs> yeah no. oh. the other thing Dave did in New York one time and I think this was on the second trip but we decided to go down to Union Station in New York and we're asking directions so we're in the train station you know did we take the train I think we took the train up there actually that's why we were there if I'm not mistaken no we we parked at uh we parked at the uh, Stanton Island in New Jersey. Mm. They took the ferry. Okay. So we end up somehow at, at, at the Union Station. Okay. Okay. And Dave walks up to this really nice African-American woman that's working the window or whatever. Oh, and God. he's going to ask directions. But he turns around and says something like, she, she tells us where to go. And he looks over and goes, 
over by those white people. Oh and she's God! Like, she's like, say what? It, now, let me. Were, yeah, well, I, I need to add here because where I was pointing, where I thought she was telling us to go, there was a large piece of art with like five or six statues that were solid white, like marble white. That yes. is what I was meaning. <laughs> so says over by those call, white people. Oh God! Yeah, so, it, to this day. My Freudian slips like that, still like my, you know, kids, I'm, I'm a grandpa now, and they will say, Papa pulls, pulled a papa, because I'll <laughs> say things like that, that are so not what they sound like. But yeah, and this lady is like ready to come through the glass thinking I'm starting a racial war there. And <laughs> he meant the white statue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that was, that was a good time. And just the reaction she had to it, I was like, oh, God, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Like now you're gonna now get we our, know the line of awkward that Jeff can't handle. You're going to get our ass kicked. Yeah. Getting my ass kicked in New York is the line. I draw yeah. the line there. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, because, again, I just slugged the guy the night before. We had just somehow not gotten the McDonald's that we ordered. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're causing a race war. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So so we left. We we checked all the boxes It's on probably for the best. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh. So, so, yeah. Uh, back to the cigars. Yes. Since this is a cigar podcast. I'm actually done with my I stick. Am, I am done with my Fuente. Yeah. And Mine just started, and I got to say, it did not really start to unravel at all until I was. No, I had down. a great burn line on mine. It was. I mean, they make good cigars. Well-constructed cigar. Uh, well, yeah, it was tight. Yes, it was a really good cigar. Um, got a little bit of spice going in the final third. Again, it was the Fuente uh, uh, Rosado Sun Grown 858. Yep. Yep. Had a little bit of uh, spice in the final third. It was a good cigar. I liked it. It was. So, like uh, it. Dave, we got a couple of housekeeping items that we need to do here real quick. So, yeah, normally we do a segment, um, uh, three cigars that we've smoked this week. And we just kind of go over three cigars that we smoked and enjoyed this past week and everything. And um, I don't know if you've smoked cigars uh, in the past week there, Dave. So, you know, obviously... Uh, you know, if you don't have three, then that's fine. And and if you do, then hey, that's even Dave, better. Dave doesn't smoke at the level that we do. Okay, at the yeah. volume. So yeah, well, yeah. Know. I certainly don't go get whispers <clears throat> sweets. He can at least talk maybe a little bit about ones that he likes. Maybe three that are in his humidor. There you go. There you go. I, well, I had a uh, uh, Perdo- uh, Perdomo uh, Habano. Okay. Uh, okay. Last week, and uh, really like that one. That's a good mild taste on that one. <clears throat> So there you go. Well, and yeah, and we got some out for a celebration last Friday, but somehow we never got to them. Some of the Perdomo Habanos? No, 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 no. I, I had one of those, but yeah, I've got to see what I had pulled for that one, and it's still right here is my Romeo and Julieta from Havana. Oh, look oh, at you. Okay. Taking it up a notch. I got them. So. Nice. So that's my three. Jeff? Okay, so I did a uh, number uno, a Hoyo uh, de Nicaragua. It's Hoyo? the blue band, Hoyo? Hoyo, Hoyo de, de Nicaragua. Is it, is it Hoya? I don't know, is it? I don't know, I'm asking I you. think it's Hoya. J-O-Y-A. And you guys Hoya. are the cigar experts? Yeah, we can't pronounce them Jeff to save can't. our lives. No, 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 no. Nobody ever professed to that. But it was, so. it was a really nice, it's a, uh, it's a Connecticut, really nice, good, mild cigar. I liked it. Nice, nice. Uh, my first one for this past week, I uh, I hadn't done it in a while, 
and it was like revisiting an old friend. I circled back on the uh, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Champagne. Ah, uh, that's and one of your favorites. God, it was just, it was everything I remembered. It was a great, smooth, um, good, creamy, nutty cigar, and construction was perfect. I mean, it, it was everything I remembered, and it was just like riding a bicycle, man. You just get back on, and you just knew immediately where you were going to go with it. I love that cigar. There you go. I also had, uh, and you, you saw me actually buy these in the humidor the other day. I had a uh, Wild Hunter by Oscar. Yes. Yeah, good, good cigar. Little, little. A little bolder than I usually go with, but I like it. Nice, nice. Uh, my second cigar this week, I uh, got this as a recommendation from Dan Ponder when you and I were over there on uh, uh, last Saturday, Jeff. Yes. I had the uh, the Chapter 1 from La Flor Dominicana. Oh, yeah. A little chisel going on on the end there. And uh, let me yeah, tell you. Yeah, that was different. That was different. It had a lot of spice to the retrohale. But in terms of the actual smoke, it didn't have a ton of... It wasn't super spicy, but my God, it was just a heavy, meaty cigar. I know you went with the slant cut on that, yeah. and that's what Dan said, that that chisel, yeah. it'll, it'll help draw a little better on a slant Man, cut. Man, it was such a heavy, meaty cigar. I mean, I'm glad I ate beforehand, and I mean, it was it was really good, but it was meaty. It was a, it was a meaty, meaty cigar. Now, I'm going to throw this out. Um, and again, shout out to our uh, studio sponsor, Jerry Tobacco, uh, the Aladino Mobile Studios that we're in. Yes. But I actually had a uh, Tatascan Yellow Series when we were over there on Saturday night. Nice. Yeah. And, it, you know, for for a good, I guess you'd call it budget stick, it was, I mean, I, it, there's a reason it won our Battle of the Budgets. It's a good cigar and a great price point. Yep. Yep. Definitely. And then my last one for this week, I uh, fired up the McAuliffe Grande Bold Nicaragua while I was laying up my newspaper the other day. And, you know, I really like uh, McAuliffe. They put out some really good cigars. And the I typically go with the Grande Bold Maduro, but Dan had the Grande Bold Nicaragua, and I wanted something a little different. Tried that. Fantastic cigar. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, and we had a really good time with Dan the other night there at Riverman. Yeah. So um, you can't say enough good stuff about getting to sit and talk to Dan because, man, the guy's just a, he, he has forgotten more about cigars than you and I will ever learn. It's true. <clears throat> yep. Did you do three? I did three. Okay. I did the uh, Numero Uno. I did the uh, the Wild Hunter. Oh, yeah. And then you did the. the yep. And the Tatiskid. Okay. Couldn't remember. Well, why don't we go ahead and hear the Final Third Friday review from our, our man. man Broccoli, Broccoli Rob. Rob from the Smoke Pit. And uh, last week he reviewed the Bishop. And this week I believe he plans on uh, circling up with the Gators. So why don't we get And that? we also have a little bit of information to tell you after Broccoli said yes. It's time for Final Third Friday with my man Broccoli Rob. Happy Good Friday, parishioners of the pulpit. This is your man Brock hanging at the final third cigar deck lounge and fire pit. And today I'm smoking the Gator from the Cigar Pulpit series by Martinez Cigars for the final third Friday cigar of the week. The Gator is a medium body cigar blended in New York using an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, Sumatran binder, and Dominican fillers. I'm using the Zycar XO straight cutter on the nice solid triple cap. The Gator has a nice appearance and construction with a light tan wrapper and a near perfect texture. The cold draw is a beautiful creamy tobacco note. 
Getting into the flavor notes, the first third is woody with a walnut component and light pepper lingering on the tongue and through the retrohale. The second third builds in body and complexity with notes of wood, nut, creamy toasted caramel, and a light pepper present on the tongue and through the retrohale. The final third increases even more in complexity with notes of Brazil nut, creamy caramel coffee, wood, with light pepper still on the tongue and through the retrohale. This is a great cigar for someone that likes a lighter smoke, but still wants a little bit more body and complexity towards the end. The ash started off a bit flaky, but improved quickly and fell in large chunks. I had only one small burn touch-up at the beginning of the second third, otherwise it was a perfect burn. The gator definitely starts off mild, but builds to a solid medium into the final third. In the end, I gave the Gator a final third cigar rating of 91, another fantastic cigar by Martinez, and a solid lineup for the Cigar Pulpit series. The Gator is also available at the Smoke Pit for $11.99 each, along with the Bishop and other Martinez cigars for your smoking enjoyment. Come in today and you too can put either the Bishop or the Gator in your mouth. The Smoke Pit, located at 221 West Main Street in downtown Greenwood, Indiana, is an all-inclusive cigar lounge offering a wide range of boutique cigar brands along with a few heritage brands, bringing you one of the most unique selections in central Indiana at a fair price. Come in today and enjoy our comfortable lounge over a cigar paired with your favorite adult beverage and engage in a great conversation with others who love the cigar culture. You can follow me on Instagram at Final Third Cigar. And also check out FinalThirdCigar.com for full reviews of cigars and other cigar-related content. Have a great week, and remember to relax, stay smoky, and enjoy each cigar you smoke down to the brock. Until next week, Happy Easter. The smoke is risen. Well, there you go. Yeah, he liked the gator. Okay, so here it goes. Thank you, by the way. Yes. Dude, I appreciate that. And if you, Dave, I don't know if you've got to try a gator yet, but I'm going to get one sent out to you. Hell, I, I might, have not. Hell, I might just bring the thing out to you myself. I think that sounds Dave like a Dave lives good in plan. parts unknown out in uh, Kansas. Gotcha. I would say he lives in Wichita, but I think that's going to zero in too much on who he is, and his wife's not going <laughs> to like that, so I won't tell you he lives in Wichita. <laughs> okay, well, anyway. She's really worried that this podcast is going to be his demise. I mean, in in the in the uh, yes, job market yes, world, it's not the job she market. Has known you, she has known you long enough. It's a valid point. It's not the job yeah. market he needs to worry about. It's the court. Yes. <laughs> well, or in this case, the court of public appeal. And, and what's sad, Nick, is there's a number of stories we did not even get into. Nice. Yeah, there's there's a lot more for another segment for sure. Nice. The court of public. What is it? The court of public opinion. Opinion. I said yes, appeal. That doesn't make sense. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so the news that Jeff alluded to and then saw something shiny and went running after it and ignored. <laughs> you is, ready? Here it is. is. Guys, ready? We are kicking off the 2021 Nick and Gator Traveling Freak Show and Cigar Evangelical Revival. We're back, baby. And we are heading to Indianapolis <laughs> to visit the Smoke Pit. On Saturday, April the 10th. Saturday, April 10th. Saturday, April 10th, we will be at the Smoke Pit that, eh, let's just say, mid-afternoon and evening. Yes. It's it's hard to pin down the exact time we're going to get in, but we will be there, you know, mid I'd say somewhere between 2 
and closing. Yes. We'll be And there. we will be at the Smoke Pit. I plan on uh, recording an episode with the guys at the Smoke Pit there and kind of getting to know the shop a little bit. And I'm looking forward to diving into that humidor. Oh, absolutely. If you're in the Indianapolis area and you'd like to come down and meet us, we would love to sit down and talk to you. We're going to record an episode. Yes, so, we are. You know, plan to come on and ask us some questions live on the air. Yeah. Swing on by. I have some questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's convenient. You can call the Ask the Boys hotline at area code 863-874-0000. And uh, Jeff and I answer those questions on the Tuesday shows. So you're more than welcome to call in, Dave. Oh, that 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 would lead to. This uh, is probably a bad and I, idea. And I don't screen those calls. So, you know, it's one of those things. <laughs> he doesn't. When they come on, they just come on. So we don't know what we're getting into. So. Now, I do want to mention that this is a Friday episode, and normally we would be doing a selection from the My Monthly Cigars box, but there are five Fridays in April. Yes. So we're going to start. We're going to do the and unboxing believe, next week. I will say this. I believe that Nick from My Monthly may have, you know, maybe some news. I think he does I have think news. he's got some news. I think there's news. That... Um, you know, I think he might want to uh, might want to uh, impart upon us coffee, and um, <laughs> you okay there. You know, yeah, no, I got a little, I got a little coffee going on, and yeah. so um, you know, you might want to just you know maybe head on over to uh, you know my monthly cigars and check that out. But, yep. but you know, he'll I mean, be on here talking about whatever the uh, you know news is. Yeah, exactly. Along with unboxing. The April My Monthly Cigars box. And Nick, uh, Dave may not be aware of this, so why don't you tell him what is My Monthly Cigars? It's a premium cigar subscription service where you can get a box of cigars sent to your door every month. Jeff and I get the El Presidente, which is eight cigars for $50. And it's two of everything that's in the Robusto box, which is four cigars for $30. And that way, you know, if you're getting the El Presidente box, you can uh, share with friends, family, and, you know, whatever. And you or guys, hoard them. Or hoard them. But you can talk about them. You know, yeah, you can smoke them together, smoke them together, and yes. have the experience together, much like we did with this uh, Fuente cigar. And tonight. while you're smoking with them, be sure to tell them how Dick Durbin is screwing us all. Okay, yeah. And also, when you sign up, make sure you use offer code Pulpit P U L P I T. I get you free shipping on the first box as well as twenty percent off the items in Nick's online store, where he sells cigars and accessories and other fun stuff over there at mymonthlycigars.com. Mymonthlycigars.com. Yes. There you go. Well, it's been fun talking to my buddy Dave and catching up. Have you have you got a little insight into my childhood teenage years here a little bit? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Was it as disturbing as you thought it might no, be? No, it, it sounds about right. I mean, it... it not, I haven't really changed. No. No. You've just gotten fatter. Yes. That, that is true. <laughs> I'm, I'm twice the man I used to be. <laughs> Except where I, 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 I do have to tell you. Except where it you know, counts. Anyway, and the good buddies. No, no. Jeff has always been. I, I just got to end with the Jeff story. Oh, oh god. No. So coming to visit one time in St. Louis, and Jeff had the newspaper band, which I affectionately called a child molester. Band. It, okay, so just to give everybody, it was like a Ford F-350, a big giant panel van. Yeah. Cargo so. van, no windows in the back. Yeah. Yep. And I get off the you know, metro or whatever it is. Jeff parks at the exact opposite end of this parking lot. <laughs> oh, God. 
as far away. It was hard to find a space that would fit it. Anyway. (laughs) I get out. I'm like, again, we don't have cell phones, so I'm not able to say, hey, dude, I'm here. Yeah. I'm my buddy who I've not seen for quite a while because I I think I I flew into the St. Louis airport. That's right. Yeah, and you took Metrolink over. Metrolink in. And I'm like, get up. I'm like. God dang it, he's late again. Jeff will be late to his own funeral. Yes, he will. Yeah. I've already told I've I've told the mortician that that I want to be wheeled in ten minutes after the service starts. It would only be appropriate. It would only be appropriate. So uh, so Jeff is next thing I know, I look across this parking lot. Good. He could not have gotten close to where I'm gonna get out. Swings open the side the sliding door. And there is like like a foot of this crash in this van. <laughs> it really is true. He is somehow then goes in there and starts honking and waving at the same time. Dang! Dang! So everyone is looking at who the hell Dave is that's going to get into this trash filled, you know, welfare mobile. It, it was it was by oh my it was my company van at the time. And I decided, <laughs> you know, I can. He had a folding chair this. in the back of it for a back seat. Well, you never know when you're going to need a third seat. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was a delivery van. Yes. Because yeah. yeah, that sounds safe. Get out a folding chair and just put it in the back end of the van. <laughs> you no, know, things yeah. were different back then. Oh, my God. I'm surprised you didn't just have a big poster board with free candy written on it. <laughs> oh, my or, God. Or, or, hey. Your mom's been hit by a car, and your dad sent me to come get you. Come on. <laughs> I can't find my dog. Exactly. <laughs> God. Well, and I was told to ask you, Nick, about something about, you know, nudie booty number five or something. God damn it, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, Nick, Nick was a smut peddler. Booty duty six. We've covered that on the show. I'll, I'll tell you off air, Dave. But, yeah, it was... It was a thing. <laughs> I had to end on a high note with you there, buddy. There, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Nick got arrested. Guys, it's been fun. Oh, it's been I, a hoot, I got man. Ticketed. There's a little bit of a the, difference. A ticket is an arrest. But Am I, I wasn't. Wrong? But but arrest implies that I was handcuffed and hauled out. But is a ticket an arrest? Yes, but I was okay. not. I, hand, I know that. But I guess is all I needed. Not handcuffed and hauled out. There is. God, a, I only wish. There is a difference. <laughs> Get a mugshot of you. Stay oh my God! You could have been holding Booty Duty Six in your mugshot. God. Oh my gosh. Oh. Well, this has been fun, Dave. Man, I appreciate you coming on with yeah, us. Yeah, this has been great. <laughs> I've got more. Good. Oh, God. <laughs> Good. I like that. Yeah. Well, buddy, I really do appreciate it, and I will say this. Um, and and we were actually going to smoke this cigar, but Dave was having trouble finding it. The lost. Brellis, I think it is, is how you pronounce it. It's it's the cigar that I actually bought him for his wedding, for his bachelor party. I bought a box of those and took out. And, you know, so Dave and I have been smoking cigars from way, way back when. And it's just, it's nice to get to sit down and talk to you and just reminisce a little bit and, you know, have a nice stick with you. So we appreciate you coming on. Was I told that I was supposed to get that cigar? Uh, about Je- three in, months ago. In Jeff's mind. Okay. <laughs> and, and you even said, can I find it here? And I'm like, yeah, probably not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. maybe next time we have you on, we'll smoke that in, uh, you know, in, in remembrance of the uh, bachelor party. In Jeff's mind. <laughs> so much. You guys take it easy. So much hey, happens brother. in Jeff's mind. So. You know, if, seriously, if you guys had any idea, you probably wouldn't be friends with me anymore. anyway. So. <laughs> 
Well, Dave, seriously, dude, thanks for coming on. All right. Take care, guys. It's Dave. been a hoot, brother. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate well, it. Hey, right. uh, hang on. you yeah. got to say bye to everybody. Hit so it, yeah. Nick. This has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit coming to you from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios at Top Shooters. I'm Nick. I'm Gator. And that's? I'm David. There you go. Everybody stay safe and stay smoky. Stay smoky.